This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with the A's minor league hitting coordinator, Jim Eppard. He's currently in his sixth season overseeing the development of all the A's minor league hitters. And we recently took the opportunity to talk with him about some of the A's most promising young hitting prospects. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Jim. Hey, my pleasure. So, you know, first of all, I, I know you do a lot of traveling in your role as the A's minor league hitting coordinator. So I'm just curious to know, where all have you been recently? <laughs> I've been everywhere but the DR, <laughs> Dominican Republic. <laughs> they won't let me go there. <laughs> That's the one, the one remaining restriction, I guess. So, <laughs> right. so now we, we haven't talked to you since, since before COVID. Obviously, last year was a bit of a down year for the minor, <laughs> minor leagues. So um, uh, we want to check up with you on a lot of guys uh, this year that we haven't had a chance to talk with you with, about for a while. But before that, I, I wanted to ask you a, a general question about something, um, and that is, how do you evaluate guys in sort of extreme conditions? And specifically, I'm, I'm thinking in particular of Las Vegas, you know, and, and what used to be the Pacific Coast League. Um, and you have all these parks there where the ball just, just flies out of the park left and right. And you've got guys like uh, Cody Thomas in Vegas putting up big power numbers. I think he's got a slugging percentage in the, in the mid-600s last I looked. But can you talk about how you evaluate guys like Cody Thomas or, you know, any other guys that, that are hitting like that in environments like Vegas, how do you factor in all those environmental factors there? Yeah, it's a great question. And I spent uh, better parts of 10 years in Salt Lake City. So <laughs> by right, I should be an expert at this, but uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, I, I just kind of look at it as guys still have to control, control the strike zone. They still have to get a good pitch to hit. You know, they still have to, uh, be able to take pitches that are balls and they still have to, uh, square the ball up. And, uh, I had Mark Trumbo in, in, uh, Salt Lake City and, you know, you thought he would have hit a hundred home runs there, but, you know, he's, he's still got to square it up. And I think he did hit 30, but, um, for Mark Trumbo, those 30, probably 99.5% of those would have been home runs anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's part of it for me. The way I look at it is, you know, what kind of, contact is the guy really making and on what pitches are they doing it on and you know i've seen uh, i was in colorado springs as well and i i saw d brown um who was a, a major league player first baseman a power hitter he broke his bat hit a ball over the center field uh a batter's eye so i mean those kind of things they happen you know they're like legendary um 
but they don't happen all the time. So I, I just think that it's uh, it's more about the individual and his approach to the, the ball and uh, within his at-bats and the consistency of it. And, and how much do you pay attention to, to metrics like the, the exit velo and things like that when when trying to evaluate in the in these situations? You, you know, it, it's all part of it. Uh, but I think in all honesty, if you look at, I think there's two different scenarios. Uh, the bigger, stronger guys generally hit the ball harder than the smaller, weaker guys. And <laughs> the guys in AAA generally hit the ball harder than the guys in the Dominican Republic. They're bigger and stronger, you know? So I think it's all relative to the individual and, uh, it's, that's why it's really hard for us to just put like a number uh on uh contact and how 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 hard is hard contact right it depends on some different factors so uh having said that let me ask you about a few guys uh in the system i want to start out by talking about some of those guys at vegas um at triple a and then maybe work our way down through the system from there but one guy that was particularly interesting to me to ask you about is uh, luis barrera you know he had such a great uh, camp at the alt site he had a good instructs he had good he, great reviews in spring training he got off to a good start this year got a little look up in the major leagues with with oakland even but ever since he came back down it seems like he's he's struggled a bit you know he hasn't he hasn't shown much pop he hasn't uh, you know been he had been hitting around 300 most of the time now he's been hitting around 250 i'm just curious to, to know what what you think uh, has been happening with luis barrera here this season yeah, you know, uh, he's a he's a great hitter, uh, just a natural born hitter. Uh, he's a very emotional kid, and to be honest with you, I think, uh, you know, he was probably had somewhat of a letdown when he got sent down, and maybe he looked at it like, uh, you know, he didn't get to play enough, and that he really mm-hmm. could have showed himself. But you know as well as I do that, you know, opportunity is a is a funny definition for it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it just depends on who you are and what they need. And, you know, it's, it's you never know. But opportunity might be one at bat. <laughs> opportunity might be, you know, 20 at bats. Uh, so you have to seize that moment when you get it. And, uh, you know, when he got sent down, it, it took him a while to, to respond and to, to get back on track. And I know that uh, when, he, when he got sent down, then he got hurt. And then I actually saw them, and he was just kind of coming back. And he was, he was struggling. I'd never seen him so lost before in the box. And, uh, you know, he just keeps working and the uh, hitting coaches there keep working with him. And, uh, he's, he is coming around now. So it is getting better. Um, and, you know, he is such a blessed hitter that I just think that he's going to finish strong and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens to him at the end. Yeah, hopefully he can get it back on track because he really looked uh, so promising uh, up up through the early part of this season. Looked like he was just about major league ready, so it'd be great to see him get back on that track again. Now another guy who's currently at Vegas, but spent most of the year at Midland and is is of great interest to lots of people who follow the A's, and and that's shortstop Nick Allen. You know, I think it was so um, gratifying to see how well he hit at Midland this year, which is not 
known as a hitter's paradise exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it look, looked like he'd really made some advances. I think he's been up in Vegas for, you know, a couple weeks now. Maybe he's had about a dozen games there. He's, you know, struggled out of the box there, but it's his first time in AAA. So uh, that's not wholly unusual. But can you talk a little bit about about the the adjustments that maybe Nick Allen made this year to have the success he did at Midland and, and maybe what adjustments you think are left for him to have to make to be in a position to, to really be ready to help at the major league level in the near future? Yeah, you know, uh, Nick has, he's been making adjustments and it's not so much that it just started uh, this year. Um, I can remember back to uh, the middle of his Beloit season, and I want to say that, so I'm going to just guess and say it was 19 maybe or 18. <laughs> and uh, we were in Cedar Rapids, and, uh, you know, he was hitting the ball in the air, and he was hitting about 180, and it was more towards middle of the season. And I went to him, and I said, how's it going? And he said, I feel like I'm doing well. And I said, well, your batting average is 180. And he put his head down and I said, look, I said, you have to, you have to learn how to play your style of game. And he looked at me and I just said, you know, you're, what kind of a player are you? And what kind of a player do you want to be? I said, you go ahead and think about this tonight and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And when he came back, he goes, he goes, okay. He goes, I know what kind of hitter I am. I said, all right, give it to me. He goes, I'm on base. Uh, uh, hit the ball all over the field, bunt, hit and run, line drive, gap to gap hitter. I'm like, perfect. I said, now you got to practice that way. And then you got to try to compete that way. And so from just about from that point on, that's what he's done. And it's been just so much fun to watch him because you could see the commitment that was, you know, in his face. And every day when he went to the cage and every time he hit the ball in the air, you could tell that he wasn't happy about it. He knew it didn't need us to tell him to get the ball out of the air. Um, and he's just, he's gotten better and better, better at it. And it takes time. And, uh, you know, he had been practicing, you know, that launch angle and getting the ball in the air for so long. It takes a while to get over that. Um, but he's definitely on his way now. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. If, if he doesn't spend uh, batting practice trying to hit balls over the, the <laughs> over the fence, he's he's much better off. You know? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so, but it, but again, it was so so great. You know, everybody has always raved about his defense. The question always was, can he hit? To see him to go to that double A level and be able to hit around 300, you know, most of the season. I you know I I know that made people like me who follow him uh, very happy. I'm sure it made you very happy too. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> So now another guy uh, at Midland, uh, another shortstop, another middle infielder anyway, uh, Logan Davidson, uh, your former first round pick just a few years ago. You know, it was definitely an aggressive move to start him out at double A Midland this year after he'd never even played for a full season uh, affiliate before. And, you know, he's he's had some good little runs there, but, you know, he's been inconsistent. He's struggled at times. I think he's hitting around 210, you know, hasn't shown a tremendous amount of power. Like I said, he's, he's had some good little runs there but it was an aggressive promotion so can you talk a little bit about the performance you've seen out of logan davidson this year where you feel he's at and uh how he's handled things at that level this season yeah i mean all of those things are correct and i I really chalk this up to a tremendous learning experience for him um it was aggressive on our part and uh you know yeah he struggled but uh to be honest with you he has sat in the middle of that order you know, probably 90% of the games and has played almost every single day. 
Uh, so that kind of stuff goes a long way, especially after basically not getting to play last year much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so the struggles for someone that's as talented and, and uh, as good a baseball player as him, he's only going to come out a bit stronger. And uh, I look forward to it. And I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be hell to pay next year when mm-hmm. uh, he gets back. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. So what do you think happens next year? You think he think he goes back to Midland and 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 tries to figure it out there in the second year and uh, come out come out strong? Um, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I kind of leave that up to our front <laughs> office, whatever they decide to do. Um, I know that's the politically correct thing to say, but um, you know, I think just for his own development, it would probably wouldn't, in my opinion, wouldn't hurt him to you know go back to Midland and spend half a year there and either you know jump. Uh, go to the AAA and spend the rest of the season or maybe even uh, dominate in AA and then make the big leap. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, anything's possible. I know that that second year at the same level could often do a lot for your confidence, I know. that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, a couple guys a little more under the radar there at Midland, but I wanted to ask you about them because they've been kind of intriguing to me this year. And uh, those are infielders Jonah Bride and Max Schumann. Again, neither one of these guys were, you know, top ten draft picks or anything. But, you know, Jonah Bride, uh, corner infielder, he's really done nothing but hit since he joined the system. And he's been hitting really well at Midland this year. And then Max Schumann, again, a, a, another under-the-radar middle infielder who, you know, has just started out season at Lansing, hit well there, has gone up and hit really well at, at Midland. He also has the ability to pretty much steal bases at will. Uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to kind of, kind of get your take in, on those two guys, again, who don't get talked about a lot, but, but I'm curious to see what you feel their, their potential might be. Yeah, it's always fun to talk about those guys that are under the radar. And, uh, you know, those guys, are they're all over the place. And, uh, you know, those are a couple of really good ones for us. And when, uh, you know, Jonah straps it on, he's ready to play. He's a, just a tremendous baseball player, and uh, he can play anywhere on the infields. I uh, wouldn't doubt if he could play the outfield for a day uh, or even go behind the plate. But the one thing I do know is that, you know, he's going to hit. He's going to give you a competitive at bat. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to be. Um, it's a little bit unorthodox, his swing. Uh, but his approach is solid. His confidence is unbelievable. And he has great uh, bat-to-ball skills. And he has some juice as well. So uh, he's really fun to watch. Uh Max is kind of the same way, another under the radar, like you said. And, uh, you know, he just came here to Lansing and, um, you know, played well, played every day. Uh, like you said, stole bases at will, uh, but really gave you competitive at-bats. And uh, I think he – it was two years ago, instructionally, he was there. And, uh, you know, he was – he really learned a lot. There was a lot of great conversations uh, with a lot of our experienced coaches, and uh, I think he took a lot of that to heart. He made some adjustments. He uh, got himself physically stronger, um, as did Jonah, and uh, I think those are those are kind of the things that are paying dividends for him now. And he's taken the things that he used to do as a baseball player and put him with the new ideas, and uh, he has come out as uh, probably someone who's getting on the radar. Yeah, and Schumann strikes me as someone who seems to be a fairly smart player. It seems like he's he's paying attention, le- learning every step of the way, and making those all important adjustments when he needs to. All the time, and he, he's not one of those kids. When you talk to him, he he never says "I know" or "Okay" <laughs> or anything like that. He just listens to you, and then he goes and does it. 
So tremendous. <laughs> as, well, as we know, you learn a lot more by listening than talking. That's for sure. So. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> so uh, let's drop down to uh, to Lansing, where I know is is where you've been at uh, here recently, and talk about a few of the guys there. Um, first of all, you know, a guy that's always intrigued me is uh, the third baseman Jordan Diaz, uh, young uh, young hitter. He I think he just turned 21, maybe in the last week. And again, he's a, a young guy who's done nothing but hit since he joined the A's system. He's, you know, been the one of the top offensive producers there in Lansing all year. Again, he was just 20 most of the season at, at high A. Um, I know I've, I've had people compare him a little bit to Renato Nunez, you know, uh, a, a guy who just is sort of a, a bit of a natural hitter, but maybe not entirely certain where he ends up defensively. He's been playing third base. This year he's been playing a little bit of first. But can you talk a little bit about Jordan Diaz and what you see the potential is for him? Yeah, he can hit. He can flat out hit. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's you know there 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 are guys who have that natural uh, barrel to ball abilities, uh, but this guy when he hits it has a different sound to it. Um, but the other part is that you have to somewhere along the line learn how to you know lay off pitches because that's what they're going to start doing, and they're doing that to him here uh, a lot in the beginning of the season. Uh, trying to get him to chase and go outside the zone, and he, he did that. So he was, you know, maybe struggling a little bit with the average. Uh, when they made a mistake, he made them pay. Uh, but now, um, as I sit here in Lansing, um, watching him play, that he's doing a better job of laying off pitches early in the count that are not good to hit. And, uh, you know, this will be a, just another learning experience for him because he's just used to being able to swing and hit anything. Um, but uh, better that he gets at that and starts to z- z- tune in that strike zone a little bit better. Uh, he's even going to be a, a, a bigger defense or a offensive weapon. Yeah, like you said, he certainly seems to have the natural ability to put the bat on the ball. You know, he's not all that, that physically imposing a guy. He's not that big, but but when he when he hits the ball and makes contact, it it makes a nice sound and things seem to happen. <laughs> Right, right. I look at those guys that aren't that big, but uh, when you stand next to them, you know, I, I just call them big little guys because he is a, a pretty thick chested and strong young man. Uh, so big little guy. <laughs> so we'll have to remember that. Now, uh, a, another guy there at, at Lansing, obviously very intriguing, is your former first-round pick, Austin Beck. You know, it's been a few years now. Um, obviously, a lot of people would feel his development hasn't happened as quickly as one might like. Uh, he was in Stockton last year. Uh, this year, he's in Lansing, which means he's repeating that that high A level. And, you know, he's had some nice runs. He had a little nice run at uh, uh, AAA Vegas even for a little while. But, you know, oh, on the whole, I, it seems he's still struggling with certain things, um, you know, maybe his approach at the plate, maybe his pitch recognition, still striking out a little too much, not getting on base enough. I mean, you know more about it, about it than I do, but, uh, but where do you think Austin Beck is at? Where do you think he needs to go? What, what does he need to do to get over that hurdle and, and get on to the next level? Yeah, we did a nice little experiment with Austin and sent him to AAA, and we just felt like him being around the older players and uh, some of our more experienced coaches uh, would help him and, and, and see – you know, how these guys approach the game and, you know, the things that you need to do in order to compete every day at a higher level 
against pitching who knows they, they know how to pitch and they know how to move the ball around, change speeds, uh, and to see really what you're up against, you know, and, yep. uh, he did, he actually, he did okay there, um, hit some home runs and, uh, you know, learned a lot. And when he came back here, um, he really took it and ran with it. And unfortunately, um, he got hurt. And I, I have this theory that the better that guys do, sometimes you got to watch them because they're running the bases a whole lot more. So you got to <laughs> you got to watch them because you know when guys don't do good and they just make a right turn at first base, you don't have to worry about those guys hurting their legs. But uh, he was getting on and you know running the bases and playing great defense and uh, ended up hurting his leg. So um, you know he's just kind of getting back into the swing of things again. And uh, the last couple games he hasn't fared too well that I've seen, but his approach in the cage uh, is the thing uh, and in batting practice is the most noticeable and it's, it's unlike anything that I've seen him do in the past. So I'm really encouraged uh, by his progress. And, you know, I look really forward to uh, this last month of the season and, and seeing what he can accomplish. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Hopefully he, uh, he is making some strides and uh, is ready to, uh, to make those adjustments so he can uh, move on to the next level soon. And the final guy I wanted to ask you about at, uh, at uh, Lansing before we touch briefly on a couple guys there at Stockton um, is, of course, Lazaro Armenteris, another guy kind of in the same you know, category as Beck, a, a highly touted prospect who hasn't developed that quickly, has had some struggles. You know, He got off to a great start at Stockton this year. It looked amazing. Uh, but since he's been at Lansing, he's struggled a bit, you know, hasn't really shown the power that he has and still, you know, has a lot of strikeouts uh, next to his name. So can you talk a little bit about uh, where you think uh, Lazaro's at at this point and what it is he needs to do? Yeah, he, he, you're right. Uh, his time in Stockton this year was uh, really good and really beneficial for him. Um, I think he, he was able to make some adjustments, uh, body position, head position, um, what he was swinging at, controlling the zone a little bit better. And, uh, you know, he was doing a great job. And then we moved him up here, and he kind of has not been the same. Um, probably needs to still work on, you know, pitch selection. And, um, you know, his, his body position can get out of whack at times. But, uh, I mean, there's a ton of potential in there, and uh, he's a worker. He'll just keep working and grinding through it. Uh, and hopefully he's going to you know, come through that tunnel before you know it. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, I, like I said, I want to touch base with you briefly about a couple guys at Stockton before we wrap it up here. Of course, you know, probably the most exciting story at Stockton was uh, your your first round draft pick uh, last year, Tyler Soderstrom, catcher. You know, he, he was so so young, 19 years old, and uh, you know, fresh out of high school. No one was quite sure what he would be capable of, but you know, he really ended up being you know one of the most dominant offensive forces at Stockton this year. He just hit consistently. It seemed like he never really went into a funk, never had a, a little slump, never went more than a couple games without getting a hit, and uh, also showed a, showed a lot of power, too. Um, you know, it had to be exciting for you to see what he could do as a 19-year-old there at Stockton. I know he's on the IL right now. I think he's got a bit of a back issue, but can you talk a little bit about what you saw out of him this year and, and uh, you know, what you think that portends for his future in the system? Yeah, he's a he's a great hitter that, uh, you know, there's just there's no limit on his potential uh, average wise, power wise, doubles, you know, uh, run production, driving runs in, uh, uses the whole field. He can hit the ball out to left. He can hit the ball out to right. Uh, He has a really good eye. Um, 
I mean, there's just uh, there's no telling how good this kid will be. Um, and that, in saying all of that, there, there's still a lot of the finer points of, uh, you know, being a pro and playing every day that, uh, you know, he doesn't really know yet. He's just <laughs> getting into that and experience, experiencing those things now. Uh, so I just think he's going to continue to get better and better. Uh, defensively, he's gotten better. Uh, I know he's working really hard on his defense and working with the pitching coaches on pitch selection and, uh, uh, you know, uh, making relationships with the pitchers, uh, all stuff that, you know, he probably never really had to do as a high school kid. He just <laughs> went out and just did it. Um, where now he's, uh, he's more focused on all of that stuff and he wants it. And that, that's probably the other part that's so great about him is that he's driven to be even better. So, uh, it's just going to be a really fun ride to watch this guy move through the system. Yeah, I mean, it certainly seems like he's he's got everything it takes. So <laughs> hopefully, he just stays on track. <laughs> right. Right. Um, now, uh, the other, the final guy I wanted to ask you about at Stockton, I think, is someone again. Maybe a lot of people who follow the A system don't know much about, but it seems to me that he's someone who maybe has made just about as much progress as anyone this year, and that's that's Lawrence Butler, um, first baseman, outfielder. You know, looked had some tools, but looked very raw up to this point. But uh, certainly in in the, in the second half of the season, he really turned it on and seemed to really put his game together at Stockton and, uh, again, became a, a big offensive force there and, and earned himself a promotion to Lansing. But can you talk a little bit about the progress that you've seen Lawrence Butler make? Love talking about Lawrence. I mean, he, uh, you know, we just look at him when we first got him and, you know, this just raw athlete that could do, he could run, he can jump, he can throw, he, he's got tremendous power. Um, but he is like super raw and, uh, this year he's kind of bringing everything together. The experiences that he's had in the past in, in Vermont and Arizona and instructional league, uh, you know, putting together that with, uh, you know, his, uh, his time in the first couple of months in Stockton, uh, he struggled, he strikes out too much. Uh, but the progress has just been amazing. Um, he went from, uh, you know, really struggling the one week I was there, and then the next week he won the uh, uh, Cal League Player of the, of the Week. <laughs> so um, he's uh, he's just fun. Uh, you know, he, the same thing is with, with with Soderstrom is he's got power all over the field, and uh, that's the one thing I encourage him to do is, you know, don't be afraid to try to hit the ball out to left because you can, you know. Um, and now he's uh, being promoted to Lansing and. Uh, it's just going to be fun to watch this guy continue to grow because he's learned a lot in the in the few years that he's been here, and uh, you can see it in his eye that it's kind of coming together. <laughs> it's always great when you see guys actually responding to the the development program. You know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so finally, with we're, you know, as we just headed to the final month of the season here, uh, you know, we've got a little longer. Uh, the, the minor league season's running into late September this year, so we got about a, a little less than a month left. What's your message to these guys? What are you trying to convey as we kind of head into the home stretch here? Yeah, I mean, uh, we just kind of, uh, right before our conversation started, I had a meeting with uh, the hitters here in Lansing. And, you know, it's just a matter of uh, is continuing to, to work on and get better at the things that we've always preached here. And that's to, you know, work to get a good pitch to hit. And when you get it, let it go, you know, swing it. Um, uh, their job as pitchers and catchers are trying to get us to chase outside the zone. And our job is to try to get a pitch to hit. And when we get it, uh, uh, fire away on it 
and then whatever happens after that happens, you know, and, uh, and we'll just continue to preach that. We do it in the cage. We throw them a lot of balls. We make sure we throw them a lot of balls in BP so that, uh, when they get into the game, it's not going to be something new, you know, like uh, you have to swing at a good pitch and take balls. So we're working on that, and uh, we'll continue to work on that as long as I'm here. Good. Well, hopefully everything continues to go according to plan in this final month of the minor league season. And uh, again, we thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and clue us into what's going on with all the A's top minor league hitters. Thanks again, Jim. It's always a pleasure talking to you. My pleasure as well. Anytime. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.